0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, my friends. And welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. This is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And tonight, we will be enjoying two top-notch adaptations from the works of authors Edgar Allan Poe and H.G. Wells. So, without further ado, this is Terra Radio. The two radio programs highlighted tonight are NBC Short Stories and Nightfall. Now, a quick rundown on both series. NBC Short Stories was a short-lived anthology series that ran for one year, 1951 to 1952. In a nutshell, it was it featured adaptations of popular American stories. The Radio Play Tonight is a reworking of Edgar Allan Poe's Fall of the House of Usher, which was first published in 1839. I don't know much about this production other than it was supposedly produced on 1951, in 1951 but never was aired but then I discovered the exact same (laughs) production was featured on the radio series Weird Circle on August 29th 1943 hmm interesting next we have the Canadian radio series Nightfall now this show debuted on July 4th, 1980 and concluded on May 13th, 1983 and was created by the producer Bill Howell. The radio play tonight is entitled The Room which is loosely based on the short story The Red Room written by H.G. Wells in which was published in 1894. The script is also an adaptation from an episode of the South African radio series Beyond Midnight and that was written by its producer Michael McCabe and if you want to actually hear that particular episode you can find it on one of my prior installments which is entitled So Long For Now plug plug now this production was first broadcasted on March 6 1981 so You all know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Fall of the House of Usher, followed by The Room.
1: NBC presents Short Story. Today, Edgar Allan Poe. Today, a short story from Poe's Tales of the Grotesque and Arabesque, of fears of being buried alive, a classic from the mind and talent of Edgar Allan Poe. Our tale begins in just a moment. And now, The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. This?
2: is the history of the house of usher i'm leaving it as my last will and testament because before this year is over the cavernous tarn will close over the gables of our decadent home it was written by our ancestors many years ago that when the rains are blood red the house of usher will crumble to the earth There are three members of the Usher family living, two in direct descent, the Lady Madeline and her twin brother, Roderick. I was engaged to marry Roderick long before I knew my cousin. It is the custom for the Usher family to intermarry. The Lady Madeline has been confined to bed these many weeks, waiting for death, waiting for the last days of her life to pass quietly.
3: I
4: have so little time left, Roderick. I must see Charles before I die.
3: Charles Wilson is tied up in London on business. He can't come down here every time you've a whim to see him.
4: This is no whim. It's just a matter of days before I... Don't be
3: impatient with me. Sister, please.
4: Afraid of the truth, Roderick? You've always been afraid of me. I can read your
3: mind so easily. Look at me, brother. Let's not argue again.
4: You've always wanted me to die. You've waited for it year after year, praying and hoping that I die, leaving you
3: free to inherit the house and the fortune.
4: But you'll be fooled. Look.
3: Look at the rain. This isn't you speaking, it's the fever.
4: Fever or not, the rain is turning red, isn't it?
3: Yes, it... It seems that way at times. Each day
4: it will be redder and redder. And darker and... Madeline. Afraid, brother.
3: Are you afraid of blood-red rains? The doctor said you should have rest and quiet. You, You weaken yourself when you are excited. Where's Dina? I don't know. I'm not her keeper. She's downstairs, probably, buried in that romantic nonsense that she reads. Every girl likes to read
4: romantic stories, Rod. Heaven help her when she becomes your wife.
3: Call her for me, will you? Doctor's orders were that you are not to be disturbed. Colorado, do as I say. For your own good, I... I'll get even with you someday.
4: Dina. Dina.
2: Dina. Madeline. Dina. Did you call me Lady Madeline? Yes,
4: Dina Charles. Come here, my dear.
2: Is there something I can do
4: for you? Yes. I want to see Charles Wilson before... Before I die.
3: I told you he was busy, Maddie.
4: Tell Talbot to hitch up the coach and four Dina. Go to London tonight. Tell Charles. I must see him right away.
3: Bring him back with you. I'll not have Dina go out in this weather. But Rod Dina, Ray... please go. Don't listen to Rod. Do this for me. I will not have strangers dragged into our family secrets. Charles Wilson is no stranger
4: the only one who knows the secret of the house of Usher. I don't like leaving you, cousin. The doctor will be here shortly. Hurry, my dear, and
3: bring Charles back. I forbid it, Dina.
4: If I don't see Charles tonight, I'll be buried alive. Not able to live. Not able to die. Whoa,
3: Here.
5: Yeah. We'll never get to, to London tonight, Mum. Not in this weather, not in a million years. It ain't a night for humans to be a bat.
2: The Lady Madeline is dying. The least we can do is grant her her last wish.
5: Nina! Nina!
2: Quickly, Talbot, before Lord Rick tries to catch up with us. Nina, did you hear me call you? Yes, I heard you, cousin.
3: I tried to protect you, child, because I love you. I don't want any harm to come to my future wife. Please, Ron. Oh. Why do you turn from me when I touch you? I don't know. Afraid of me? Hey. I... Answer me, Dina. Are you afraid of me? Yes. But you loved me once.
2: That was before we returned to the house of Osher.
3: And you're going anyway?
2: Yes, Roderick. For Madeline's sake. Are you ready, Mum? Yes. Yes, Talbot, ready. We'll be back by midnight, Roderick.
3: Hurry, cousin. Or else the lady Madeline might not live long enough to get her last wish.
4: Did she leave, Roderick?
3: Yes. Madeline, why don't you confide in me? Why must you call in strangers when you know how it humiliates me? I can't trust you, Roderick. Ever since we were children, you've kept one secret from me. What is that secret, Madeline? (laughs) That's one thing you never wheedle out of me. What is that secret, Maddie? Leave me
4: alone, brother. I'm ill.
3: You're dying, Madeline. You know you're dying. The secret won't do you any good. Now, what is it? Please, Roderick. Tell me, Madeline, or you won't live to die the way you think you will. Oh, have Tell me, or by heaven, I'll force it out of you. Oh,
5: go there, whoa, boy. Here. Uh, this is his house, Mum.
2: Thank you, Children.
5: Mr. Wilson, is he here? Yes, sir. Why, oh, Dina what are you doing in London at this hour of the night? Come in, my dear. The
2: lady Madeline sent me.
6: Great heavens, child, your clothes are dressed. Come on in.
5: I'll fix you some hot tea.
2: Oh, we haven't time, Charles. Madeline wants to see you at once. Please come with me right away. The doctor doesn't think she'll live through the night.
5: Madeline? dying? Oh,
2: she's been ill for months. Charles, you wouldn't know her anymore.
5: Why didn't you let me know before this? Roderick
2: wouldn't let
6: me. Roderick? But why?
2: I can't explain now, Charles. Believe me when I say it's important that you come at once. Talbot's waiting outside. I'm frightened for Madeline. We've got to be back by midnight. (laughs)
4: You came in time,
6: Doctor. Lady Usher, you shouldn't allow your brother to excite you. There's
4: a cruel streak in him at times. Surprisingly like my grandfather. What time is
6: it? Midnight. Here, drink this. It will give you strength.
4: I can't move.
6: Uh, Lean against me. There.
4: Dr. Bain, you've attended all my family, haven't you?
6: Yes, Lady Usher.
4: You've been closer to us than almost anyone. If I ask you for an honest answer, would you give it to me?
6: That depends on the question.
4: How much longer have I to live? Years,
6: my dear.
4: No, Doctor. I want an honest answer, please. It's imperative that I know...
6: I don't know really, my dear.
2: Hurry, Talbot. Please hurry.
5: I'm going as fast as the horses can go, Mum. (laughs) Give
2: (laughs) me up. Give me up. Faster, Talbot.
3: We won't accomplish anything at all if you lose self control, dear.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Charles, but I have the most dreadful foreboding.
5: Foreboding? I thought Madeline and Roderick were as close as brother and sister could possibly be.
2: They were until about a year ago.
5: What caused the change?
2: Well, I'd been living at the house of Usher for about four months, and Roderick suddenly became, well, nervous, jumpy. He'd lock himself up in his room for days. He was morbid, frightfully morbid.
6: Sounds
5: like
3: a depression of spirit.
2: Oh, it went deeper than that. Madeline fell ill at the same time. And then, the horrible reddish rains began to fall.
3: Red rain? Dina, really.
2: Oh, you'll see. The first day those rains began to fall, the rift between Madden and Roderick widened. Until now, their hate is a living thing. It fills the house. They seem to be battling constantly for possession of each other's soul. Charles, look. Look ahead. There's the house. And the rain. Look at the rain.
5: Yes.
3: Red rain. Charles, uh, do come in. We, we've we been waiting for you. Oh, it's good to see you again, Roderick. Come in, Dina. Don't stand there staring at me. It's been a long time since I've last seen you, Rod. Yes, uh, a long time.
2: Let me take your coat, Charles. I'll hang it up.
3: Thank you, dear. My sister's waiting, Charles. You'd better go right up. Yes, uh, of course. I'd better warn you, Madeline's delirious. She doesn't quite know what she's saying. Sometime... Uh, Rod, uh... Why don't you come up with me?
6: She
3: expressed a desire to see you alone.
4: Charles. Oh, Charles, I'm so glad you came. I had to see you alone.
5: Madeline, don't try to sit up. You'll only weaken oh, yourself. Sit
4: over here, Charles, next to me. You're the only person I can trust, and you must promise to do exactly as I say.
6: Of course, of course.
4: Oh, remember what I told you years ago. Remember about Roderick and me. I told you then that he and I were more than twins.
5: Well, that was just childish fancy. Oh,
4: I wish to God it were. But those suspicions have all been proven these last few months. Roderick and I are, are only one person. Not two. We have two earthly bodies. But we share one soul. When Charles and I were born, our shoulders were attached. The day of our birth we were separated.
6: Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you share one soul.
4: I've never been able to feel anything for myself. His thoughts are my thoughts. His tears are my tears. His weaknesses are mine. Don't you understand, Charles?
5: Are you sure of this, Madeline?
4: Positive. His mind has the initiative. He doesn't respond to my emotions. Because I have none. None. I'm cold without him. Don't you see? My earthly body is wasting away. But my soul is not my own. As long as he's alive, Charles. The power of his life will keep me living. Madeline, Lady Madeline, you mustn't even think of it. Oh, it's true, though. I'll have a living death. I'll be buried alive. Unable to live. Unable to die. Madeline. That's why I called you here. Promise me now, Charles. You'll never allow my coffin to be sealed. Keep my body in this house.
5: You must rest. Madeline, stop talking. Do of you death. promise,
4: Charles? Promise?
5: Yes, yes, of course I do. I don't,
4: don't tell Roderick Charles ever. He'll seal me in my tomb alive.
6: Madeline, my my dear.
4: Every model is entitled to his own soul. If I can't rest in death... If if I can't rest in death... I'll return from the grave and take him with me.
1: Our story continues after this brief pause. And now, back to today's short story.
3: You've
5: given me your
3: promise, Charles. You won't forget it. My promise is my word.
2: What are you doing standing outside this door, Roderick? Dina. Not a see child's in privacy. Why do you insist on spying on your own sister? Shut up. I can't understand you, Roderick. There
3: are many things you can't understand, Dina. Come with me downstairs. Let me go. Oh. to the living room.
2: I'd like to go in and tell Madeline that you are spying on her again.
3: Tell her if you wish. She's a poor, sick thing. Unable to lift her arm against me.
2: I don't know how I ever loved you.
3: You'll learn to again after we're married. I hate you, Roderick Usher. I'll never marry you. I... In heaven's name! Roderick! Roderick, uh, what's the matter? Pain inside me, crawling like vermin. Help me, Dina. Oh, of course. Help me. Roderick! <laughs> Dina! <laughs> it's Madeline! She's dead! Ah! Uh. Beside your bed. You're dead, Madeline. Dead. Two people fought for the possession of one soul, and you've lost. (laughs) You'll try to drag me to the grave with you, but you're weaker than I, Madeline. You'll never return. Never. And that was her last request,
6: Doctor. It's a peculiar request, Mr. Wilson. I know it is, Doctor, but it was the Lady Madeline's last wish. Oh. Roderick. What are you doing here?
3: taking a last look at my beloved sister's face. Oh. Doctor, I'm not quite sure that the Lady Madeline is dead. Look at the flush of life in her cheeks. Stop speaking like a fool, Charles. Look for yourself, Roderick. What are you trying to do, frighten me? No. I've asked the doctor to verify her death.
6: In cases of this kind, Mr. Wilson, death from catalepsy, the deceased often retains a lifelike flush. But it's merely symptomatic. Nothing supernatural about it. Of course she's dead. Isn't she, Doctor? However, if you feel the slightest doubt... No doubt at all. I'd suggest delaying the burial for a week or two. As her nearest of kin, I want the funeral held at once.
3: She'll be laid to rest in the family catacombs beneath the house. Roderick, I gave her my word. Your word isn't valid. You're not one of the family. But it was my word of honor. Don't make in family affairs, Charles. But the least you can do is grant her last wish, Roderick. This is nonsense. The dead are best buried.
5: But, Rod, your own sister...
6: No. As the doctor in the case, I don't feel justified in making out a death certificate for two weeks. The Lady Madeline will lie in state in her coffin in the catacombs. The coffin will remain open. For
3: 30 years, these catacombs have been unused. Look at the walls, Dina. Time has encrusted them with nitre.
2: It's cold in here. Cold and damp.
3: Let's take the coffin this way, Talbot. Watch out, Charles. Don't fall. Be careful. Catacombs have always been soft with slime and nitre. Hard to breathe in here at times, isn't it? Where's the room, Roderick? Ahead. at The end of the corridor. Are you positive we can keep a fire burning in there? Yes, Charles. Uh, Talbot. Yes, sir. Did you start the fire? Oh, yes, sir.
5: I did that early this morning. The room ought to be warm by
3: now, sir. Albert's a dependable man. He starts warm fires to bring life to death.
2: Roderick, how can you act like that? Your own sister.
3: Yes, my own dear, beloved sister. There, Charles. Look ahead of you. Tiny room at the end of a corridor. The fire is blazing. Careful. Careful with the casket. We'll place
5: it on the table.
3: Center. All right, sir. We can place it down. Yes. Yes, Tom. Down
1: there. I know that my redeemer will rest in peace. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though this body be destroyed, yet shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold and not as a stranger, we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The Lord giveth, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Talbot!
4: Talbot!
5: Yes, ma'am. Why, Mum, what are you doing up at this hour of the night?
2: I can't sleep. I keep dreaming that Lady Madeline is crying for help. Where's Lord Roderick?
5: Oh, well, he couldn't sleep either, Mum. He said he was worried that his sister was cold, Mum. Whatever does he mean by that?
2: Did he go down to the catacombs?
5: Just yes, one that he did. He said he wanted to stir the fires a bit. Down there? Oh, wait a minute, Mum later, Talbot. I must stop him. I must... I wouldn't go down there, Mum. It's ever so cold and night and damp. I wouldn't go down there myself. I advised Lord Roderick against it, Mum. I did. I told Roderick. Him... Roderick. Roderick. Roderick.
2: The door. The door slammed shut. It's so dark in here. Cold and dark. Roderick. Roderick. Roderick, where are
5: I don't like these goings-on at all, I don't. People dying and not getting themselves properly buried. It ain't normal. No, that it ain't. Talbot! What? Are you up to, Mr. Wilson? Don't nobody sleep proper in this here house. Where are Miss Dina and Lord Roderick Talbot? Well, I was sitting here as nice as you please, sir. But where it, is Miss Dina Talbot? Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting to. I was drinking this here a cup of tea. When Lord Roderick comes in a little past midnight, or it was a little before midnight. Where is he? Well, I'm getting to that. He comes in and he says he does... He wants a flame. Yes? Yeah. He says, as calm as you please. He wants to go down and keep his sister from getting cold. And Miss Dina? Well, as for her, she came down a little later and said she dreamt that the Lady Madeline was calling to her. So she follows Lord Roderick to the catacombs. It ain't proper, sir. It ain't proper...
3: Are you calling me, cousin? Oh, Roderick.
2: Roderick, I was so frightened. I thought I was lost.
3: Why did you come down here?
2: I I dreamt Madeline needed me. Well, what did you do, Rod?
3: Be quiet, Dina.
2: You closed the coffin. Oh, how could you?
3: Don't you approve?
2: You were going to drive a, a stake through her coffin.
3: She was a witch, Dina. A witch. Isn't it the custom to drive a stake through the heart of a witch? Watch, Dina. Watch. No. Watch me drive the hammer through a heart.
4: Watch. Stop that. Stop that. Roderick, put
2: that stake down in heaven's name. Don't. Don't. Leave it alone. Take your hands off. Oh, Please, Roderick. Please. It's so horrible. Don't you understand? It's your own
4: sister. Your own sister.
3: you for this, Dina. You and
5: Madeline together. Oh, Roderick. Roderick. Please. Roderick. Please help me with this. Yes, sir. Pardon me, Lord Roderick. Oh. oh, child, darling. You
3: came just in
5: time. He looks like he was dead, sir. Lying there on the sofa.
2: No. No, he's beginning to stir.
6: Keep bathing his face in cool
5: water, dear. He'll be all right. I'm afraid the shock of Madeline's death is too much for him.
2: The shock of her death and the constant fall of the rain. It's getting redder all the time, Charles.
3: Yes, it is. That's just an electric phenomenon.
2: Don't try to move, Roderick.
3: Oh, it's you, Dina. You again.
2: Lie still, cousin. You'll feel better in a little while.
3: You're both fools. You shouldn't have stopped me. She's a witch. Don't you understand? No, no, Roderick. Listen. Listen, Charles. What? Can't you hear Please?
2: it? What are you talking about?
3: Listen. I told you once my hearing was super acute. I can hear a heart beating. You're over, Rot.
5: Suppose no. I go for the doctor, Rod. He'll give you a sedative. No. No, don't leave me. But you need your sleep. No, of
2: course you do. All this horror tonight will pass over when the morning comes. And those
3: infernal rains clear. It's not in my mind She's coming. She's coming for me. I can hear her in the catacombs. Listen, Charles, listen. Roderick, please believe me that you're simply overwrought and emotional. I've got to get out of here. I must leave at once. She's coming for me. Coming. She swore she would. I know she did. I overheard. I overheard her talk with you, Charles. Roderick.
2: Cousin, but... no. You're hearing things. Now, listen. I can't hear anything.
3: She's leaving the catacombs now. Listen, Charles. Don't you hear her breathing? Can't you hear her footsteps? A sighs? sighs? She's in the hallway, Charles. In the hall. Help me, Charles. Help me, Charles. Roderick. She's coming closer. Faster. Faster. Her feet are on the stairs. One by one, she's coming up those stairs. Listen, you can hear her now, can't you? You can hear her now.
2: Charles, look out the window. The rains are blood red.
3: She's outside the door. Listen. Listen, cousin, listen. Madeline! No, sister. No. Leave the house of Usher Charles.
4: You and Dina leave this cursed house at once. The rains are blood-red, and I've come to reclaim my soul. Adeline. Oh. Oh. And
5: you, Roderick, you will be soulless forever.
2: From that chamber and from that mansion, Charles and I fled aghast. The storm was still abroad in all its wrath as we crossed the park to the highway. The moon above the house of Usher was blood red. And Charles held me close as we walked on and on into the night.
6: Tina, my darling. Don't look back. The house has crumbled to the ground. Crumbled into the cavernous time.
4: Charles.
6: Little Dina. You'll always be safe with me.
7: Nightfall. Good evening. I would like to reassure those listeners with tendencies towards claustrophobia that tonight I will be especially careful to take care of them. The play, adapted from a Michael McCabe short story by leading player Graham Haley, is called The Room. Welcome.
8: Uh, do you like ice, Mr. Todd?
9: Ice. Uh, thank you, Miss Watts.
8: Miss Miss Watts, Mr. Todd?
9: Oh, I'm sorry.
8: There you are. Mm, thank you. It pleases me to see a man save a whiskey.
9: <coughs> does it, Miss... Sorry, Mrs.
8: Watts. It does. <coughs> My late husband, the major, was partial to it. Husband? Yes. Uh, do I look like a spinster? Uh,
9: no, no, not at all.
8: You seem determined to make me one. I am a widow. I have been a widow for 22 years. Oh, I'm sorry alfred was also fond of a cigarette in the evening would you care for one
9: no no thank you i don't smoke as you wish well uh, cheers yes hmm lovely
8: scotch atlas one of the first ever produced in scotland and not generally available oh
7: i'm
9: honored
8: well, so long since i've been able to offer my whiskey i've had that bottle for more than 20 years Poor Alfred was the last one to drink from it. (laughs) He died the next day. Oh, really? Yes, ironic. What do you mean? The day before he died, he had a violent argument with Father Doyle. That's a long story. Suffice to say, the Major renounced his faith.
9: But why do you say it was ironic?
8: Well, he couldn't receive the last rites, could he, poor dear... Now then, are you willing to spend a night in the yellow room, Mr. Todd?
7: An unlikely partnership in ghostly research. Ronald Todd and Amelia Watts. He, young, brash, and very broke. She, old, self-serving, and wealthy. One could, in fact, well say that four walls... Are all they have in common. Uh, Mrs. Watts, could I just get one or two
9: things straight? Of course. I gather it's haunted, the Yellow Room.
8: <laughs> so they say. Um, uh, who says? People.
9: But nobody's ever stayed there all night?
8: Oh, yes, they have. Oh. Uh, Do you remember the sixth Duke of Wallingford, or was that before your time, Mr. the
9: Duke of... Oh, yes, of course. It, the family bribed some famous psychiatrist who certified that the Duke was perfectly sane... But just the same, he was as mad as a hatter.
8: Quite mad. But he was as sane a man as one could wish to meet once. Uh, But that was before he spent the night in the yellow room.
9: You mean he... uh, The
8: Haunter and the Haunted. Every man's history of ghosts and ghosting. He wrote those books, Mr. Todd. He lived and dreamed the spirit world. He was a, a hunter of ghosts.
9: And he came here?
8: He came... He stayed in this house, in the north wing, in the yellow room. One night he spent six and a half hours there. By morning, he was quite mad. My God. Then there was Captain Bletchford of the Fourth Hussars. He was found in the rose bushes, 40 feet below, leapt through the window. Help yourself to whiskey, Mr Todd. There were others who stayed in this room but saw nothing. Because I believe they were not alone. It only happens, you see, when a person is entirely alone.
9: What, what is it that
8: happened? Oh, my dear Mr. Todd, if I knew that, I would not be offering £1,000 to any man who could provide me with the answer. I see. No one who has spent a night in the yellow room has been the same the next morning. Transformed.
9: Mrs. Watts... Um, I must tell you, I, I'm not impressed by psychic research, and I have no superstition. Ah,
8: you are brave. I'm an atheist. So are the others. You mean... The Duke and Captain Bletchford. Uh,
9: well, I, I wasn't always. I was brought up a Christian. Uh, now I'm uncommitted. I'm, I'm afraid.
8: You're afraid?
9: <laughs> Just a figure of speech. I, I'm not afraid. For a thousand pounds, I'll spend a night anywhere. I see. One thing, though, if nothing happens, I'll have nothing to tell you, will I?
8: Well, in that case, you will receive £100 just for your trouble. Not an unreasonable fee for eight hours' sleep, Mr Todd. Uh, no, but... but... But I warn you, if nothing happens, don't invent. I shall know.
9: I am an honourable man. Oh.
8: Well, having settled that... I I wonder
9: if you'd mind telling me just why you're so curious, Mrs. Watts. What do you want to find?
8: I am an old woman. I have lived a long and wonderful life. But soon I shall die. I hope not. If I should be taken tomorrow, God forbid, I would go to my grave, a disappointed woman, never knowing what evil dwells. In the yellow room. There's going to be a storm.
9: Yes, yes, the air is stifling. Um, why haven't you spent a night in the yellow room yourself, Mrs. Watts?
8: Ten years ago, I did. I went into the room and locked the door, had my rosary with me. And like yourself, Mr. Todd, I have a very strong faith. And? After fifteen minutes I unlocked the door and let myself out. Why? Mr. Todd, I did not ask you here to question me. And uh, may I remind you that you have come to earn, if you can, a thousand pounds? Yes. For so that sum, you have a job to do. Quite right. After the job is finished, I shall question you. That is our working arrangement. Uh, would Sunday suit you? Yes, Sunday will suit me fine. After all, you won't be in church. But you must meet Father Doyle. Yes. Oh, one thing I forgot. I shall lock the door to the yellow room once you are inside and settled. It will not be opened again until eight o'clock on Monday morning. No matter what happens.
7: It's an obsession with Amelia Watts, the yellow room. She dreams of it incessantly. But even in her dreams, she's never been able to peer through the layers of faded wallpaper into the room's terrible secret. But enough of introductions. Let's find out for ourselves. So,
8: this is it this is it a bit moldy i'm afraid anything more i ought to know about it well we're having some problems with the wiring oh how i curse electricity
9: there are more devastating forces
8: in the world than electricity mrs watts father doyle don't look so disapproving after all candles are much more reliable i'll rely on candles then Oh, for a night at least. You'll have to go back to those gracious, far-off times, Mr. Todd. Yes, indeed. I'm still hoping to persuade Mr. Todd to
9: change his mind. It's an unholy experiment you're indulging in.
8: Oh, don't <laughs> begin all that over again, Father. He is free. He is over twenty-one. What on earth is there to harm him? Nothing on earth. Oh, stop
9: stopping an old maid, Father. What neither of you seems to appreciate... ...is the existence of evil.
8: Poppycock, of course I know that evil exists.
9: But I have experienced evil. I know how it works. The devil is afoot. (laughs) He is. Don't grin, Mr. Todd. I ask both of you, because I know the history of this house... ...to seal the door, to lock and bar the yellow room. Father, you seem to forget that Mrs. Watson and I have an agreement... ...a wager, if you like, for this one night... I'd rather you didn't persuade Mrs. Watts to seal the door just yet. Tomorrow, fine. But there's a small question of a thousand pounds in cash first. Then you can do what you like. I only hope you know what you're doing. I also know the room's past, And I don't doubt that whatever you say happened to the Duke and Captain... What's his name? Yet I can't accept that anything but their own imaginations made them lose their minds or jump out of windows. I still say it's an unholy experiment. Oh no, no, Father. Shall we get on with Mrs. Watts? It's ten o'clock and I promised myself a few chapters of Evelyn War before a good night's sleep. Looks like a splendid oak bed.
8: The sheets have been aired and the pillow is as soft as snow.
9: And you won't have to worry about ending up in the rose bushes. The rose bushes?
8: We had the window barred, Mr. Todd.
9: Well, I haven't come here for the view, have I? Now, Mrs. Watts, Father Doyle, if you don't mind, this is my room for the night. And according to you, my lady, the ghost does not walk unless the watcher is alone.
7: yellow room is high-beamed. The shadows are deep. Light comes from only two candles. One is behind a great oak bed above the head of the man who sits reading a novel by Evelyn Waugh. The other candle is on a small table to the right of the door. The yellow room is deathly silent. (sighs) (sighs) Time for bed. Ronald Todd smiles. In imagination, he spends a thousand pounds on a multitude of wondrous things. And then, without warning, without the slightest movement of the room, the candle above his head goes out.
9: Father. Ah, thank you. You're
8: quite sure you're not hungry?
9: Yes, thank you.
8: There's a kitchen full of food out there. Uh,
9: I'm really not hungry at all.
8: I enjoy watching a man eat.
9: Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Hearty male appetite.
8: Well, a man should have one. Uh,
9: Speaking of the other male, our friend upstairs, uh, shouldn't he be told to go
8: home now? What? What?
9: He's been up there two hours already.
8: He's not completed his bargain yet, Father. But if
9: he's going to be afraid, he'll have been afraid by this time. And if he's all right now, he'll be all right six hours later. Let him out, Mrs. Watts.
8: Father... I am not paying Mr. Todd for being afraid or for not being afraid. I am paying him to sleep in the yellow room and to find out what caused the deaths of four people and drove three others insane. Four deaths? For you know perfectly well. I know
9: nothing of the kind. The fellow who threw himself out of the window.
8: Father Doyle, what does it matter how many have died in Chanceford? They were all free citizens, all of them old enough to vote.
9: I never knew there were four.
8: Father Doyle... Where are you going?
9: I think I'll go out and see how Mr. Todd's making up.
8: You will do nothing of the kind. Come away from that door.
9: May I have your permission to go up and see Mr. Todd?
8: Do I have to ask you to leave, Father?
9: My, my, Mrs. Watts. How authoritarian.
8: Father, you and I are old friends, aren't we?
9: We are. But I don't see that what that has to do... Don't you? Do I have your permission to check on Todd? You do not. Then I think you better order me from your house.
8: Very well. Will you kindly leave?
9: I don't really know what you're doing. But I warn you if something evil happens tonight and there's an inquiry, I shall be bound to say what I know.
8: What do you mean? An inquiry.
9: Knowing full well there are evil forces in the North Wing, you hired a stranger to spend a night.
8: I do whatever I choose in my own Only home. Only if
9: it does not harm other human beings.
8: In this house I have complete freedom. You're
9: not exercising freedom. It's license, bribing that young man with money. Oh, for
8: God's sake. There's nothing to harm him. It was all in their imagination, every one of them.
9: All merely imagination, eh? Then, what can Mr. Todd possibly tell you that's reliable?
8: He can tell me what he experiences.
9: Or imagines he experiences.
8: Father, do atheists sleep well?
1: Ah.
9: Hmm. Bride's Head Revisited by Candlelight. Hmm. I wonder if the spooky setting gives one extra edge.
7: What? The candle at the right of the doorway goes out. Strange. Hmm. Must be a draft. We'll soon fix that. Hmm. The candle behind the bed goes out. Damn, it's pitch black. He begins to feel his way around the wall. against the switch. Try it.
9: The light, it works. She said the wiring was... the lamp. Shattered. She must have been right about the wiring. I think I'll forget it and go back to bed. of match.
7: Yeah, that one's lit. Now the candle behind the bed. But before he reaches the bed, the room is shrouded in darkness as the candle by the door is again extinguished. The oh, candle just blew out. Oh, I don't need it
9: anyway. There are the blasted matches. I spilled the whole box. That music. She must have a tape recorder. A old witch. It stopped. (laughs) Always hated much Music. (laughs) damn music I'll light it again I wish I had that nightlight now all right all right I'll play your game somebody else in the room isn't there someone's playing music tapes and blowing the candles out
7: fine let's leave it dark the depth of darkness the drumming march cut through. Oh. Try the candle with the door again. Oh
9: match. Was a brave old soldier at the Battle of Waterloo. The wind blew up his petticoat and showed his cock doo. Where's the blasted bed? Let's just make it back to. The bed's gone. Oh, this is crazy. What, why could it? All right, Mrs. Watts, you win. Built a trick room, didn't you? A maze with air vents and loudspeakers.
7: Come on, Tom. Get your bearings, you're an old boy scout. And in the blackness, like a blind man, he walks cautiously, his arms groping in front of him. The way feels clear. He bumps into nothing.
9: Straighten up, Todd. Look sharp.
7: Who's that? Sloppy,
9: Todd. Very sloppy. Smart enough, boy. Where are you? Can't have any slackness here. Come along into line. (laughs) Very good. Nice trick, Mrs. Watts. A tape machine, too. (laughs) Who's he supposed to be? Your husband, the Major? She is not You're right on one count. I am the major. Oh sure, sure, of course you are. If only
7: I had some light. Some of us refuse to see the light.
9: What? What do you mean, us? Get hold of yourself, Todd.
7: You're talking to an empty room. Us? Those of us in purgatory, Mister Todd.
9: Huh. Rubbish. Where are my matches? Must be a dry one somewhere. Let go! Damn you, Major! Those are my matches. Now give them back! Do you hear me, Major? Give them back! So, you acknowledge me after all? Never. You're a fraud, whoever you are. Not a fraud. A ghost, to be precise. I don't believe in ghosts, or spirits, or the living dead, or the devil, or any of that bunk. What do
7: you believe in?
9: Nothing. What's your game? What do you
7: want? A favor.
9: A little one.
7: I only want your faith.
9: I have no faith. Pity. And if I had, I wouldn't help you. No pity. What do you want it for? Your faith for my
7: redemption.
9: What would it really take to redeem you? Maybe you deserve the yellow room. You're a stubborn man. Just like all the others. I will not be used. I'm getting out of here. If there is a purgatory, it must be this bloody room. Mrs. Watts, you can keep your filthy body. Open the door. I'm afraid there's no escape. Mrs. Watts! <laughs> Let me out! Might as well say your prayers. Come up it. The window. It's only a 40-foot drop. Once you've got through the bars. Who are you? Why are you hounding me? Ronald, Ronald, what would your mother say? <laughs> my my mother? Ronald, dear, time for bed. Say your prayers for mummy. Ma- Be a good boy now, Ronald. See your prayers, and mummy will give you back your toy soldiers. Mommy. Mommy. Sing, Ronald, sing for mummy. <laughs> You light the little candle burning in the night. In this wild of darkness, so let us shine. You in your small corner and I in
8: You always were a nosy old devil, Father Doyle, a saving your reverence. No, no, You always were. You just hide your noses under a cross. I woke you sharp at 7.30 because I was concerned for his
9: safety. Of course. Open the door to the yellow room, Mrs Watts,
8: quickly. Oh, yes, yes, Father, be patient. <coughs> Good morning, Mr Todd. Would you like some tea? Give me the keys, woman. In all decency, I have to warn him where there's No time for niceties.
7: Gerald Doyle visits him twice a week. The old priest carries a profound sense of guilt he can never be rid of. Mrs. Watts died last year without ever discovering the secret of the yellow room. Chanceford, her rambling old mansion on Manor Drive, is to be torn down this year to make way for a shopping center.
9: that I declare the chance for mall officially open. Yay. Now, we have a special program for you today. And I'm... Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. hello, hello. Can you hear me, folks? Now, okay, oh, please, please, folks, stay
3: calm. Just a temporary
7: oh, reason. I'm sure. Oh, oh. I'll
9: gonna light on again in a minute. Now,
7: Keep uh, going, please.
9: See if, she's she's re- see see if you can sometimes. rustle up some candles. Okay, Have just heard The Room, the Michael McCabe story dramatized for radio by Graham Haley. Graham Haley was also featured tonight in the role of Ronald Todd, with Moya Fennec as Mrs. Watts, Colin Fox as Father Doyle, and Chris Wiggins as the Major. John Stocker was the shopping center MC, and vicarious narration was provided by your series host, the mysterious Luther Krenst. Our recording engineer is John Jessup, with sound effects by Bill Robinson. Our production assistant is Nancy McElveen, and the series story editor is Earl Toppings. Nightfall is produced and directed for CBC Radio
7: by Bill Howell.
0: That's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you know what? Let me say this real quick. Before I receive another email, or comment chastising me for implying that Nightfall is a part of the golden age of radio era I get it I know the series is not considered an old time radio show but it falls under the vein of old time radio and in my opinion this series as well as CBS Mystery Radio Theater were the catalyst of the resurgence or revival if you will of old time radio that began in the 1980s so calm down now remember you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com terror 1970 or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1 if you want to drop me a line say hello make a request a suggestion? A even a critique. Respectfully. Please feel free to email me at RadioshowNerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Terra Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like the videos. Highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, aka the Radio Show Nerd. Signing off.